I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart. And close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery. So take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go, and let your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in, and exhale out loud with a sigh. Ah. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to To Be Honest. Today, I will continue to explore with you one of John Gottman's horsemen, and that is criticism. First of all, let me define what criticism is. Now, according to the Webster Dictionary, criticism is the expression of disapproval of someone or something on the basis of perceived faults or mistakes. Now, it is also critical to understand the difference between critique and criticism. So criticism, as I just mentioned, is to find fault with criticized the decision as unrealistic, or to judge the merits and faults of critique. On the other hand, is a critical review or commentary, especially when dealing with works of art or literature. Now, since I was a trainer before, so we have to be trained on how to critique one's work. 
a critical discussion of a specified topic or skill, of course, and the art of criticism. So, in other words, it is the intent that is behind it to make it a criticism or a critique. Generally speaking, criticism finds fault. Critique looks at structure. Criticism looks for what's lacking. Critique finds what's working, as well as specifics that can be improved. Criticism condemns what it doesn't understand. Critique asks for clarification. Criticism is spoken with a cruel wit and sarcastic tongue. Critique's voice is kind, honest, and objective. Criticism is negative. Critique is positive, even about what isn't working. Criticism is vague and general. Critique is concrete and specific. Criticism has no sense of humor. Critique insists on laughter too. In my profession, time and time again, I see the destructive effect criticism can have on a relationship. That's why today I would like to explore further what John Gottman, in his Love Laboratory, in which hundreds of couples were screened, interviewed, and observed over the course of two decades, as a result of their research, the Gottmans could predict in less than five minutes, with 90% accuracy, if a couple was going to stay together or divorce. So they came up with a metaphor to describe four communication styles that can predict the end of a relationship. They coined them the Four Horsemen, a phrase coined. After the four horsemen of the apocalypse from the New Testament, depicting the end of time, and they are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. So last week I did an episode on stonewalling, and today we shall continue with criticism. Now, criticizing your partner is different than offering a critique or voicing a complaint. Critiques and complaints tend to be about specific issues, whereas criticism has to do with attacking your partner's character and who they are. For example, a complaint might be, "We haven't gone on vacation together in so long. I'm tired of hearing about our money troubles." Here we see a specific issue being addressed that is a problem for one partner. Now, a criticism might go something like this. You never want to spend money on us. It's your fault. We can never go away together because you spend all our money on useless things. You are so selfish. So this is an outright attack on the partner's character. It is guaranteed to put them in defensive mode and sets the tone for war. You see, the main problem with criticism is that it can pave the way for the worst of the horsemen, and which is contempt. Of course, I will cover contempt and defensiveness in the next two episodes. So stay tuned, my audience. At this time, I would like you to ask yourself this question: Am I an habitual criticizer? It is going to be uncomfortable for you to acknowledge or accept the fact that, yeah, I do have this toxic habit that can slowly ruin my relationships. Now, please don't judge yourself, because the first step is to be aware and acknowledge it. Because without awareness and acknowledgement, there will be no change. It always takes courage to take the first step. So well done. 
Now that we know, based on scientific research, habitual criticism can indeed corrode the very foundation of a relationship. Now, having said that, no one expects you to just roll over and accept all of your partner's less than desirable qualities or behaviors without ever saying a word. Because inevitably, you are going to have complaints from time to time. But how you choose to communicate these grievances to your partner is key. In other words, it's not what you say, but how you say it. Because criticism is when a complaint is expressed as a character flaw. For example, a critical partner might say, "Ugh, you always leave your dirty dishes in the sink. You're such an inconsiderable slob." Instead of saying, "Hey, I'm feeling overwhelmed by all the dishes piling up in the sink. Can you help me out by cleaning them before I start dinner?" You see, we often resort to criticism as a form of self-protection. Attacking or blaming our partner is a less vulnerable act than revealing what we really need from them. It's much easier to poke our partner by telling them that they are the one with the problems than to drop our shield of criticism and say, "Hey, my needs are not being met, so help me." Okay, let me give you a tip. Maybe it's a good idea to know if you are constructively voicing a complaint or just criticizing your partner. Consider the language you are using. Criticism is frequently dished out in the form of "you always" or "you never" statements. Healthy feedback is about the behavior and not the person, meaning the person's character or personality. We can tell our partner what we think or how we feel without criticizing them as an individual. So, my audience, if you are speaking in absolutes, like you always, you never, using harsh words or attacking your partner's character is probably criticism. So please remember, when our comments include cursing or demeaning labels, it kills any value our message has and makes the feedback pointless. Criticism is often ignored because of the manner in which the message is delivered. Again, it's not what you say; it's how you say it. I understand. During heated moments of stress or feeling frustrated, it makes it difficult to break this toxic habit. I understand. We have all been there. However, knowing the effect it has on your partner and the bond you share may nudge you. I hope to re-examine your ways. For one, it chips away at your partner's self-esteem. Now. It may take a long time if your partner has a healthy self-esteem, but eventually it will affect it. And it's worse if your partner has already a low or weak self-esteem. As anyone who has been on the receiving end of criticism knows, these words cut deep. Repeated criticism may shake your partner's confidence and eventually make them doubt their ability to do things right. Surely, if you truly love them, this is the last thing you want to happen to them. And if you don't really like them, then you need to let them go instead of continuing to criticize them. And eventually, the relationship is not going to last anyway. 
I'm sure we can all remember when we are young, we are being criticized at one point or another by someone that we really love, like our mother or father or caregivers. And it can make us question our value and worth, especially when it's coming from someone who is supposed to love us, right? Remember those times? We can begin to believe that since they care about us, then what they are saying about us must be true. Now, here comes a very important point. Frequent criticism feels like betrayal. Why? Because it violates the implicit promise made in the formation of attachment bonds. That the person you love will care about how you feel and never, ever intentionally hurt you. I'm sure I don't need to tell you. When you keep criticizing your partner, it will put doubt in them. And over time, criticism widens the emotional distance between you and your partner. The warm, positive feelings you once shared diminish and are replaced by resentment and hostility. Most of us don't take criticism well. Understandably, it doesn't make us feel good and thus makes us feel less loved and close to our partner. Remember that. Furthermore, it's not actually effective in getting your partner to change their ways now, is it? Instead of encouraging your significant other to modify their behavior, criticism tends to trigger defensiveness. When your partner is feeling attacked, their guard goes up and they are not in the state to really hear what you are saying. Note that when criticism is constant, it may actually be a form of emotional abuse as well. An emotionally abusive partner uses tactics like criticism, well, amongst other things, to assert control in the relationship. They put down their significant other so that they can maintain the upper hand. So at that point, it will be about power and not love. But not everyone who is critical of their partner is an emotional abuser. That's not what I'm saying. When you called your partner lazy because they decided to watch TV instead of cleaning the bathroom like they promised, it was probably a misguided attempt at asking for help with household chores, not an effort to demean your partner. We all get overwhelmed or frustrated and resort to criticism at times. The key is how often do we criticize instead of communicating with critique Critique is also a way of feedback, and criticism is not. Particularly if you frequently lash out and criticize your partner no matter what they do, for the way they dress, their sex drive, their job, their family and friends, or an aspect of their personality, like their sensitivity, for example, then it could be a sign of emotional abuse. Now, if that is the case, I strongly urge you to contact me directly or another professional to help you. Well, the next logical question would be, how should we communicate then? Still remember about setting boundaries? This will be a good time to set your boundaries. Telling someone to just stop being critical is easier said than done. We have all been there, and we even have to end some relationship because of that. 
Here's how you can more lovingly and effectively express yourself in a relationship, according to us psychologists. Let me put the pause button and remind you. Feel free to go back and listen to a setting boundaries episodes. That will definitely help you. And for now, the advice is to focus on what you want from your partner instead of what you don't want. As the old saying goes, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. So be respectful with your requests, rather than accusing your partner of being careless for not staying on top of the bills by saying something like, "Honey, I'm a little concerned about the bills. Could we sit down and go over what we have coming in and how much has to go out? I know you're busy.、Uh, what's a good time for you, darling?" Similar to the technique that I taught about setting boundaries, use a soft startup, and the technique is to make sure you start with I rather than you. So let me just give you the whole formula first. Start the conversation with this phrase: I feel blank about blank, and I need blank. So there are three blanks you have to fill out when you are having the conversation with your partner. Let us use the same example earlier so that I can demonstrate. So using the phrase "darling," I feel concerned and, to be honest, a little bit disappointed as well about the unpaid bills. When you promised me you will get on top of things, and when the bills are not paid, I cannot help but feel concerned. I'm sure you understand that, and I need you to keep your promise. Are you willing to do that? My audience, it is important to put an actual feeling in the first blank. Avoid saying something wishy-washy like "I feel like" and "I feel like you," neither of which are helpful. So, from my example, I specifically mentioned I feel concerned and disappointed about the unpaid bills, and the second blank in the phrase is the unpaid bills. And what is the reason? Is because the partner promised to stay on top of things, meaning pay the bills, and they didn't. And the third blank in the phrase is about a need, a specific need. So the example I gave is that I need you to keep that promise to stay on top of things by paying the bills. Here's a second tool for you. Instead of saying you are so unhelpful, you never pick up the kids from school. Try saying, "I wish you would help lighten my load by picking the kids up from school a couple of nights a week." Are you willing to do that, darling? You see, my audience, more often than not, our criticism is a wish disguised. It is a negative expression of a real need, a need that has not been met. What if you took responsibility for what you really desire for the relationship? What if you owned the wish and committed to articulating it as a positive hope and want, and by setting boundaries? So the episode of boundaries, setting boundaries, and asking for what you want in order to satisfy your unmet needs, in order to take responsibility for your own needs, they go hand in hand. 
All right, I'm going to end this episode by sharing this with you. If you are the criticizer in the relationship, know that most critical people are often self-critical as well. You may not even realize how critical you seem to your partner because you are so accustomed to talking to yourself that way. What is your internal dialogue like? Do you automatically say something critical to yourself when you make a mistake, or say something like "idiot"? There you go again. You always screw up. Sound familiar? Try this exercise. Write down a few of the critical statements you have made to your partner, and then read them to your phone. Then play back the recording and see how it sounds from another perspective. You might be surprised. And finally, think of how you would make a behavior request to someone you admire and respect. That's how you should make behavior requests of your partner as well. Now, if you're the one that is being criticized, it is understandable that your partner's harsh words affect you. You don't need to minimize your hurt feelings. You are justified to feel upset. It is only natural when you think that your partner is attacking you. It may be tempting to punch back by criticizing your partner for something they did. Try not to stoop to that level. Choose to respond instead of reacting in kind, or betray your nature by becoming critical yourself. And remember, that is the golden opportunity to draw your boundaries. Now, all these are new skills, so make sure you practice over and over again. Otherwise, there will not be any change. So, until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage. To be honest, bye for now. You can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D R B A R B A R A K I A O dot com.